Welcome, this is Mango Masala, the South Asian show. My name's Gerns, I'm joined here by Halima. Hey guys, what's up? And we have a number of special guests in the studio with us. Like the most I'm um like it's already gets pretty hot in here and I'm already just like boiling because I've never had this so many much body in this room. so many so much body heat in one room. Yeah, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks you, for having you us. Can speak. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny when I was just sat there like doing some back straight and hands crossed. My family are a bit nervous. We are. They've well, never yeah. done anything like this before. Oh well, yeah, go on, introduce yourself. Yeah, okay, so this is my family. I wonder how we should keep a tally of how many times we're gonna say my family <laughs> on the show. But go on guys. Well, that's the American accent, isn't it? Literally every every three minutes we're like, my family <laughs> Go on. Okay, I'm Afsana. I live um in Woodside, Queens, in New York City, and I'm twenty-seven years old. This is my cousin. I'm Nabila. I live in Connecticut. I don't like Connecticut that much, but it's nice and peaceful. I'm twenty-three years old. Hi, my name is Nusrat. I'm twenty-three years old and I'm from New York City. <laughs> And my sister! <laughs> and Lima's sister. <laughs> she lives at my house. <laughs> just watch you don't touch that bit just because it like. Okay. It. okay. Yeah, but, sorry guys, very technical. Yeah. That's alright. I, I, no, I thought it was you because obviously I've made, but I was like, I don't want to just make the assumption that. Carlos, you've met her! I know, but I was like, you said you were bringing your cousins. Well. I was like, she looks literally identical to your sister. What? I swear you've met her more than once. Yeah, exactly. No, you said you were bringing your cousins. So I was like, oh. Carlos! Carlos was about my sister and didn't recognise her. Oh, thank you. Anyways. This is the camera. <laughs> so, we're here to talk basically so if you guys couldn't tell my cousins they are american um and we thought it would be just like a little fun segment today to talk a little bit about the difference between like um brit asian and american asian like the south asian communities in both countries and how they're similar and how they're different and what the experiences are like I mean, just from the off-go, I think when you say Asian in America, don't a lot of people think East Asian? Yeah, like, I don't yeah, for sure. Think people think, and then I think yeah. it's South Asian just kind of collated into brown in, or Indian. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. Else, so. That's yeah. true, actually. Like, yeah. I feel like in this country, I could tell people I'm like Bengalian more or less. Like, they'll have an idea. They'll know what mm. I mean. Do you feel like you guys can tell people you're Bengali and people know? No. So no. if you tell someone you're Bengali, they'll be like, oh, is that in India? Mm. No, yeah. I didn't get that. I live in Connecticut. They know even less. You mm-hmm. say, I, I would say I'm from Bangladesh and they'll be like, oh, where is that? They'll be like, what, what kind of that? food is that? I'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, it's this tiny little country next to India. And they will be like, oh, are you Indian? Like, so, like, so basically you're Indian. I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> Which it, it is interesting though, because I think here when you say Asian, it's the opposite. Like if you say Asian, people immediately think like brown. Yeah, people, South Asian. Basically. We don't. Yeah. We don't like. We won't say Asian for like East Asian or Southeast Asian. Like those nationalities were will like yeah. will say Chinese, Japanese, Korean. Well, I think it's kind of the same thing as well. Like for most East Asian people, I think people just say Chinese. Yeah, like, that's true. Like, it's, the, yeah. it's actually wow. the reverse. Yeah. True, 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 true. But yeah, in terms of that like, lived experience, obviously you come from New York, Connecticut, so that's like East Side, but. Obviously, wow, great geography. I know. <laughs> but like, 
we the UK is such a small country it could fit like however many times into America so I imagine it's really different in different parts of America but where you are what's it like like is there a sense of community like in the same way that you're seeing here now that you're in the UK or is it quite different <clears throat> uh, yeah so um, <laughs> back when we were staying in London with um, Halima um, I went to visit like my brother my cousin and um, when we went to pick up like one of his kids um, I just noticed there were so many like South Asian people most like mostly Bengalis um, they live in White Chapel for, for reference yeah. yeah and even here like it's just like really heavily populated with south asian people and that's why probably when you guys say asian you understand right away oh it's like south asian but for us like me and my sister we live in manhattan but even if we went to the areas that are populated with south asians it's not really as populated like how we've seen mm -hmm. um i don't know if it has to do with like how big america is i mean i'm just even talking about new york city like it's such a big city with so many people but not not a lot of like not as populated as you would see in like London or like mm. um, here in Manchester. Well, even in like so their area of like where they've got high populations of like South Asians and specifically Bengali is like Jackson Heights, right? Yeah, and even that there's a lot of Greeks there. There's a lot of like oh, Hispanic people there. And swear down. Yeah, They're all just like Bengali. And mm -hmm. and so it's just like really like a melting pot, and that's why like we have so many friends. Most of my friends are like non-Bengali, mm. and like so. I have a lot like growing up like me I had like a Hindu best friend for like five years and then in college my best friend was Hindu but like um like not well they're, they're South Asian obviously but I feel like yeah like and then I had a lot of Hispanic friends too and it was really like a melting pot it still is like a melting pot there's still like it's getting overpopulated every day but you don't see that many as many you would see in England yeah I don't meet any Bengali people naturally it's always like oh they're from the community you know like um, I went to a magnet school and I don't know if that's a thing go on explain to us what that is called oh, well you know so I, I, are there magnet schools in New York not really sister. okay so in Connecticut we have magnet schools and basically that's it's like this effort to you know get some diversity going because everything is so constant everyone is like different ethnicities are very concentrated in specific areas mm -hmm. at least I think that's what's going on over there because their effort was it was like um there'll be like a school in like a specific town and then the students will be from like several towns all around and so your bus ride to school you'll wake up at like six in the morning to be at your bus stop mm -hmm. and your bus ride could go from 30 minutes to two hours just to get to school because okay. you're you're going to a magnet school and they tried this thing where like each of the magnet schools specialized in a specific area so i went to the academy of aerospace and engineering i was the only bengali girl there uh -oh. um even when i was in a public elementary school i didn't know and there was no other bengali girls there was like maybe one pakistani girl or something uh -huh. i don't know i didn't really know her but like there's just no opportunity for me to like organically meet a Bengali person just mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. in school that not through that's not through your family yeah mm -hmm. yeah so for those of you who aren't aware it there's a reason for this so obviously <clears throat> South Asia was um, there were British colonies um, so after like well to be honest during the, the age of empire and particularly after like decolonization um, 
empire because they were all British subjects weren't they so literally from like 1600 from like the royal no it wasn't the royal charter it was the um, the East India you tell Act. us Cambridge graduate <laughs> <laughs> it was so 18, 1857 basically from then all of South Asia like all South Asians were considered British subjects um, so that's why there's a very long running like history uh, between like Britain and South Asia and Britain and most of the world like uh, literally a quarter of the world that's why we tend to have like um, it, it tends to be basically like people from the global south like glo global south countries whatever their like colonial parent was they tend to go to those countries so like south asians mostly tend to come to like britain because they were british colony and then there's parts of like west africa that tend to go to france because they were like french colonies if you go portugal there's bare angolans because they were portuguese colonies that's what it tends to be like and america obviously didn't have um any like south asian colonies as far as i was aware um so that is why the migration patterns of south asians to the uk is very very different to migration patterns of south asians to the us our south asians in this country have been here i, I would say a lot longer because they were here from the age of empire like the migration patterns were set up already because of like trade um whereas in america it's more of like a um like a post-colonial I, I would say like migration pattern a migration phenomenon so it's very very different you know and like britain were india particularly like south asia obviously britain had like control of a core of the world but they had a very special relationship with south asia india so like the british raj was was considered to be like the jewel in the empire's crown um so a lot of most of the money most of the the, the resources most of their like their their governing body was actually based in south asia in in india um which is now like pakistan bangladesh um so the presence of South Asians in British culture was present long before South Asians even came to like Britain you know like they were bringing back they were making like Victorian like curries don't know if anyone knew that like they were like in the Victorian times they were literally making like Victorian curries here in Britain they weren't even South Asians here well they were but not like concerted populations of South Asians here back in them times so that that is why like there's a very very different relationship you know and i was telling my cousin the other day like you know what the national dish of britain is chicken tikka masala. yeah the chicken tikka masala like that is a dish that was made actually for british people and this was like was it coronation chicken that was made for the queen's coronation coronation that is like typically south asian flavors but like yeah yeah mm. like a dish that was made for the queen's coronation it had like like Carlos just said so the, yeah the history the migration histories are very different like for that reason it's because of literally it's just because of empire yeah and even in New York like Bengalis only started settling in 1980s 1990s mm -hmm. so we were here from like so the Bengalis and also another big difference I would say like this is going a bit off tangent between like the Bangladeshi community particularly is that in the UK it's like 90 something percent of Bangladeshis are Silati so obviously Bangladesh for those of you who don't know like Bangladesh is like split into regions and Silet which is also where, where we're from is the northeast region of Bangladesh and it's something literally like 94% I think of British Bangladeshis are Silati wow. yeah whereas in America 
I don't think that's the case. It's not the case. They're mostly should though. Yeah. So actually what's funny is that like my family here, obviously we're all Silati, we're from the same family, but they grew up so and but our language is different. So actually I don't my mother tongue isn't actually Bangla, it's Silati, right? A lot of people think it's a dialect, it's not Silati is its own language. But these guys actually grew up speaking Bangla, not Silati. Yeah, because of who you're surrounded by that's 100 percent correct like the bengali community like where we were growing up <clears throat> they all speak shuddo so my mom shuddo is like bangla yeah my mom just kind of spoke it in, in the home too like so we grew up like speaking shuddo a little bit mm. yeah. well that is really interesting like, how do you guys feel that like informed your sility identity um I mean, I think I'm kind of em- like not embarrassed, but I wish I could speak it. I see you guys speaking it perfectly, and then I see myself still like being kind of embarrassed for not knowing simple words and stuff. But I, I you know, I give myself a break, obviously. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like we kind of mix it. I wish it was like I can speak one or the other, but it's kind of usually mixed. Um, yeah. So in terms of my sility identity, I. I still consider myself very much Silati, but... Did you guys know that you were Silati? Like, did you know that you were different from we the other Bengalis? I knew. Yeah, did we you? did know. I'm pretty sure I speak more Silati, though, because... Yeah, you I don't, do. I don't understand Shuddha as much as I understand Silati. And then, um, Mom and Baba, like, they only spoke Bangla to me growing up, or, you know, Silati to me growing up, so... And then I was also shy, so, like, our family members wouldn't think that... Um, that I spoke Bangla, but then I'd speak finally because you know I was shy most of the time, and they'd be like, "Oh, she speaks so well," and I'm like, "Yeah, mm, yeah." Um, I like growing up. I didn't know that all of I thought all of Bangladesh facility. <laughs> like I didn't I didn't know that there were different types of like Bengali people. That there was like like regional differences and like linguistic differences in Bangladesh because that is how like culturally homogenous the Bangladeshi community is in in the UK is all Jacility people. Well there's um, <coughs> at least in like the social environment I'm in in Connecticut like um, it's very clear that there's Silati people and there's people who are speaking Shuddha Bangla because um, the Silati people in Connecticut will try to speak Shuddha because mm. that's more like socially acceptable I think because mm-hmm. I think Silati gets made fun of but mm-hmm. I personally find Silati way more comfortable and Shuddha mm-hmm. just feels really strict to me yeah, I think I grew up really confused because <laughs> my mom would mix shuddo and silati and I just thought, oh, it's just different words like for the same meaning. So like I would grow up mixing them both and like I just couldn't speak either one. Like it was just a mixture. And then like once like you guys came, I was like, wow, like it's a different dialect. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it feels more comfortable. This yeah. is something else. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. feels like this is where I should be. Yeah, that's, that, that's a very interesting like contention. So again, a little bit of context for those of you who don't know. Um, the, obviously, the national language of Bangladesh is Bangla. Um, Sileti is... It's a regional language, but as I said, some people don't even respect it enough to call it a language, they'll call it a dialect. But more importantly, Silati people and the Silati language is not very well respected in Bangladesh, especially like um, from Dakhaya, so like people from Dhaka, the capital, um, they like sometimes really look down on it. Um, they have some kind of like inferiority complex over Silities and the Silities language. Um, it's actually quite like threatened. The, the written script of Silities is actually like very close to becoming extinct. Um, Wait a second. There's a written script to Silati. Mm-hmm. 
I was just told that there yeah. is no written script. No, there is. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Yes, there are, it off. Yeah, there's like small, small revivalist movements, but it's generally like it's not it's not used. Like there are some small, small schools and like select. Yeah, there's a, there's actually a written script. Um, Time to learn a new language writing. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you guys. There's some like Instagram pages that I follow that like revivalist <laughs> movements are really good. But um, yeah, generally like celebrities are looked down upon. Like we're seen to be like not educated, like lower class, things like that. Um, and I feel like I remember there was one incident like when I was in America because oh, we've been we've been a few times. And I remember there was this one in- incident. It was like with a family friend of theirs, like someone from the community. We was at a dinner party and I was like when I talk cause I don't I'm not my Bangla isn't like great so when I talk I'm naturally like especially if I'm with my auntie like their mom I'll just speak Silati because that's like my family that's my family tongue um, and then and these this this family friend they obviously like they speak Shuddha Bangla and the, the the dad like the man he was like to me oh you're so pretty like you're so pretty but when you open your mouth you just ruin it because i speak silly i was like wow i didn't clock it like that when i was when i was because i was younger then i didn't clock it like that mm. but i remember it and i was like hmm. <laughs> obviously like I'm sure there's a lot more cultural nuances to this and it's a bit more intense but is it kind of similar to if you met someone from down south and you spoke in your mind it's just very similar it's a like, very similar thing it's a very yeah. similar thing and they just like you sound stupid yeah like, it's yeah. a very similar thing so like the, the language is just not not well respected and sometimes when you're in that community you tend to enable this type of like <clears throat> like behavior or like commentary because mm. you know my mom was there right and not to like you know obviously she worked really hard and stuff to be where she's at but at the same time like we don't really get to be proud of who we are because she's continuing continually like trying to protect us from commentary like this but really it should have been the so we should have been proud of our like we should have been proud of where we come from and that's something i keep telling my mom mm. um it's a very similar thing to like you know how ethnic people in this country assimilate so like the, it's a thing where um parents like first won't te- won't teach their first gen kids their mother tongue at all because they're like you need to learn english you need to learn to speak english like um, that needs to be your mother tongue because they're afraid of like assimilation basically they're afraid of like being othered Mm. I feel like it's a it's a pretty simple thing. Yeah. Dad, if you're listening, <laughs> not. No, I just dad didn't teach you. It's all right, yeah. me. I can teach you. No, you know what's annoying? I am again. This is going. This is the. What's your mother tongue? Is it Urdu, Hindi? Uh, so. I think mixture of Hindi, but my family's Sindhi, so oh, like, that that's what my grandparents speak. Oh, okay. But um, going off on a complete tangent, when I was at Glastonbury like a month ago, I, my phone got stolen, and I wasn't obviously I was annoyed about my phone getting stolen and everything. But the thing I was most annoyed about was that I had a, like a hundred day streak on, on Duolingo. Duolingo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't just log into your account again. No, because also like I was doing it for the first couple of days, and I tend like just five minutes a day, and then obviously for three or four days I wasn't able to do it and it's and just, you just lose your streak and I've had the motivation since to like because it's to the well the motivation is to learn your language Carlos. I know but like it helps doesn't it like, <laughs> that's true that's true when you got something to yeah. start with no I was annoyed but it is what it is it is what it is but um, another thing I'm interested in is I feel like when from from the past like half an hour you guys when you're referring to your identity seem to say a lot more Bengali 
where if I feel like you refer to it as Bangladeshi, is that anything? Obviously, I know like the differences, but do you reckon that's something to do with the identity side of things, or is it just random? What about what do you say? Do you say Bengali or Bangladeshi? I used to say Bengali a lot more, but then I think you said say Bangladeshi. So I say both now sometimes. Yeah. I think maybe I, think I say I'm Bangladeshi still, because yeah. I'm very just cognizant of the fact that yeah. I'm specifically Bangladeshi. That's yeah. why I say mm. I say Bangladeshi. I still don't yeah. understand like the why. Well, I think it's because <laughs> if you're Bengali, you can also be Indian yeah. Bengali. Yeah, well, is ethnicity. Okay. And Bangladeshi is nationality. Yeah, I thought Bangladeshi. If you say you're from like Bangladeshi, that means you lived in the country. Yeah, it's it's national. We're technically not Bangladeshi nationals, but yeah. we're Bangladeshi Bengali. So I'll just say Bangladeshi in it. Okay, I would say I'm Bengali American. Yeah. Oh, we say so. Ours is British Bangladeshi. Mm. Like Bengali is not a. Uh, yeah. It would be if you're yeah like if you're Bengali and you're from India, you would be British Indian. Whereas if you're Bengali and you're from Bangladesh, you'd be British Bangladeshi. We don't have mm. any British Bengali distinction at all. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys get classified like that on your passports and and censuses and stuff? We're just classified as Asian. Yeah. Oh, swear. Yeah. yeah. Swear down. Yeah. You know, like our censuses, like Bangladesh is always one of the top. Oh um, no way. Yeah. They identify you to that. They yeah. identify wow. to that degree, yeah, because there's just. A but it makes sense. You got, you guys have a lot of Bangladeshis nice. here. <laughs> well, then going into that, like it is like annoying because like o- unless you're like specifically that, because then if yeah, you just other. Yeah, if you're, for example, if you're mixed, mine is always like white and Asian. Like it's not like white anything India, specific. Yeah. And also the only <coughs> options for mixed are like white and Asian, white and black. Caribbean, black, white and African, black. Then there's just mixed other like and it's yeah. just like what so to be mixed you have to be mixed with white like, yeah yeah uh, yeah that's yeah. true mm. Mm. yeah it's not but i'm also like i feel like they should just open it up and let people put whatever they want to put but then i suppose that's because like, they need like more more like rigid yeah. classifications don't they they're gonna I have to because there's gonna be way more biracial children there mm. will they will censuses will have to change completely like in the upcoming like decades well i think they've, they've stopped doing it haven't they like they said this one that they've done 2021 is the last one they're going to do here but i don't understand why because how are they going to know what censuses yeah they're not going to stop doing censuses mm. they'll, they'll never stop doing censuses to be fair it's always as well like it's it's never going to be accurate really is it because it's only the people that are actually on record that yeah i felt like out. such a fed when i was filling out my sense so do <laughs> you know what national census is yeah yeah like when the government send out and then you have to literally tell them like that like you, you are basically. <laughs> I felt like such a fed. When I, when I, I felt like a fed when I was like, I felt like, like a, I felt, yeah, like why does the government need to know about me and my family? Like leave us alone. Why are you asking for information? Yeah. Ew. Yeah, no, because obviously it's meant to be for official purposes. Where you do kind of wonder where is this information getting stored about? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, if you're just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show. My name's Gerns. Halima is here as well. Hey guys! And hey. Halima's brethren. Is that the correct My family! That's the term. You know what, guys? <laughs> the, the first time, it was a bit hesitant. The second time, come on, we need more energy. Yeah, come, come on, guys. But yeah, we're just having a bit of a general discussion about the differences between here and America and being South Asian. But I think we had a bit of an idea. Um, that you guys were going to lead with so go for it yeah so uh we wanted to talk a little bit about um freedom 
like freedom to be yourself and um, so I'll start off like me and my sister we grew up in New York City mostly like Manhattan which doesn't have many Bengalis there um, it's not as populated like you know an area like Longsight or like if you were in London like um, so we didn't have many um, Asians there crying guys crying guy oh okay <laughs> that's what they're talking I, I, about I see, I see what angles is coming from now okay so um, we kind of just did whatever um, growing up so there wasn't really much strictness and I did like I mean obviously I had to rebel a lot or whatever to do you know what I wanted live yeah. how I wanted but it's pretty easygoing lifestyle I would say okay. um, and Prithu you grew up in Manchester Connecticut I did grow up in Manchester oh. Connecticut <laughs> surrounded by like Republicans mostly white people I'm not gonna lie like and it was just like Okay, so I had like very curly, very thick hair. It's still a little thick, but it's not as any but right now. But um, it was just what made me hate my thick curly hair as a child was the fact that I was surrounded by so many white people, and the standard was to have straight, non frizzy hair. And there was other cultures like you know there were black people, Hispanic people, Latino people. Like you know they were there, and maybe like a few East Asian people, but um. I was like the only South Asian girl with the thick Long, black curly thick black hair, hair yeah. and people would love touching my hair and playing with it and you know what was I gonna do yeah. <laughs> I was like a shy sweet little I didn't know what the hell was going on I'm so sorry. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's American! I'm American. Um, I, think, I think that passes the test. Fine. <laughs> I've said worse sometimes. Carlos has really had to rein me that time. Yeah. Uh. Um, but yeah, it's it was very frustrating because the only you know they'd be like oh you know blow dry it but that would just make it frizzier or I don't know it was just and they it would just not it wouldn't be counted as professional it would look like a it would be co like considered a mess like but mm. that's just how the hair is it's frizzy it's curly like I don't know and it was just so not accepted. Um, and then you had a hard time accepting it because whenever we would come over, we would think her hair is so beautiful and thick mm -hmm. and, you know, and mm -hmm. she would just be like, ugh, like I'm having a hard time brushing it all the time. Yeah. And same. And yeah. Because I, I think because like the diversity in New York is so much more normal and like there's so, just so many more hair types. And, you know, I don't even, you know, even if there is diversity, specifically in Manchester, Connecticut, the standard was still like having long right. straight blonde hair yeah and even for me like um i think like what i remember like being in third grade and it was eid and i was so excited like ma put this like beautiful like um salwar kameez on me it was like black and green and i thought i was so cool i had mindy <coughs> on my hands i went to school Whoa. and like i remember like my mindy was like a little yellow and so i went in and like i don't know everybody thought i was weird and like my Mindy was like yellow and they were like, ew, what's that? Like and then some obviously the teachers were like, You look so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. but like when your peers are saying like like oh like what are you doing? Like I have not worn I don't really wear Mindy now. No. You know when I was younger, mm. when everybody so like when I grew up there was like mostly black and Hispanic people in my school, they would ask me like, Oh, where are you from? Where are you from? Because like I'm literally the only like Bengali looking one I wouldn't even tell them because I just knew they wouldn't know so I'd be like I would just be like oh I don't know I don't know <laughs> 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 I'm 
<laughs> but like that was that was to like avoid the conversation because it's just like you like you wouldn't know like and like I really don't feel like explaining it. But if they said Indian, I'd be like, no, I'm not. Like I would be like, I would tell them guess, and they they wouldn't know. So it's like if you don't You're know, mysterious. <laughs> yeah, like if you don't know, I'm not gonna explain it. But yeah, I think I still do that to this day. Like yeah. even like dating wise like oh, if you don't know where I'm from like it's just like I'm not gonna explain it to you like you were old enough to know like what mm-hmm. Bangladesh is like mm-hmm. if I t- I'll tell you like oh I'm Bengal they'll be like oh where is I'm like yeah they're saying oh yeah, like, it's like, a red flag <laughs> yeah it's like we're old like you should you should know and like don't don't ask me too many questions yeah. because do you find that you guys would ever get like confused or assumed to be other um, ethnic identities oh like um, black African or Hispanic or Brazilian or something like that like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, like, if you tell, like, for me, if I tell someone, oh, I'm Bengali, they're like, oh, oh, I've never been with that Arab girl before. <laughs> oh, my God. And they'll be like, can you speak Arabic? I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm, like, Asian. They're like, they're like, what? You're Chinese? <laughs> never mind. <laughs> but, yeah, I, yeah, that's why I just don't even explain anymore. I'm like, yeah, like, I'm. For me, they would guess Indian or they guess Hispanic. And I'm just like, why? But in, like I, I'm, I don't even want to give them excuses for Indian because how can you how can you just not be educated enough to know that there's more than one country in South Asia? Yeah. They think Middle East is South Asia. Yeah. They think it's wow. the same. They'll region. be like, oh, it's the same thing. You're basically Middle Eastern. Yeah, that's that's yeah. why you have like Aladdin. Is it Asian? Is it Arabic? I showed like, them a map. Yeah. I showed them a map. I'm like, are you serious? That's Middle East. That's South Asia. How are they together? Yeah. Why is that you together? You don't even in have to head? be good at geography or anything. You just have yeah. to know that it exists. You just have that's to have it. eyes. Yeah. Um, well, I think this is one thing we talked about in the break, wasn't it? About how I think America in general has this kind of they don't really, yeah, don't really look <laughs> yeah. beyond. That's like, so true. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like British people aren't the most educated. They aren't the most aware. But Americans really like we watch like videos of people Americans being interviewed and uh, and being asked like silly questions, and we laugh. I'm not gonna yeah. lie, we laugh at you lot. Yeah. Not you lot, but. Laugh away, yeah. yeah, with that type of commentary. But I do have a couple friends. Like, I, I want to talk about why, how that impacts like your identity growing mm-hmm. up. Because I have a couple friends. Like, yeah, obviously it was hard for me growing up. Because I remember the other day she was like, "Why aren't you doing your henna?" Like, I'm like, yeah. I, don't know, "I don't like the yellow color." But now I'm thinking, like, "Wow, I just talked about." My I just, I just, I just, I just, I just made that connection. Because obviously my uncle's getting married. It's his wedding tomorrow, and I'm gonna go home and do Mindy on myself. And I always have Mindy. Like, not even for special occasions. If I'm bored at home. I'll reach for a Mindy corner I'll put it on and I was asking my sister like why don't you have it and she was like mm, I don't really like the yellow and when you said that I was like oh that's why <laughs> but I do love I do love henna actually yeah. I do love it but I like make excuses in my head like oh yeah it's you know it smells weird you. it's yellow but it yeah but another I have a couple friends who actually don't even identify themselves with South like as their South Asian identity like what really yeah I, I, growing up like they changed like you know you change your name from Abdul to like AJ or like Muhammad to Mo or like it's like you don't even accept yeah there's a lot of moles there's a lot of moles small small but not not, I don't think, not to the same degree. Yeah, because there's I, a few Mo's in Connecticut. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> a lot of Mo's, a lot of like RJ, AJ, like, and you just kind of, sh- and you don't ac- let yourself be yourself. Like, yeah. you don't accept yourself fully. I think um, the like we were we were saying before the cultural expressions like here in the UK because I guess of like 
the migration patterns and the history between the UK and, and South Asia as a, as, a, as a point of like divergence between the US and South Asia, as, as I was saying before. Um, because of that, the way we express our culture is a lot more rigid. And like Americans, I don't want to use the term whitewashed because, I mean, I don't really agree with the term, but to convey to people what I'm trying to express like it's what most people might call like whitewash like like yeah. people who are not necessarily they're kind of like run away from their identity a little bit they're not necessarily comfortable in it they don't know how to to, to walk into that identity um yeah I have a question for you guys um did you guys like feel comfortable like wearing silver camises in public and stuff yeah, like I, I would wear silver kameez like non-uniform day in school. It, really? Yeah. In our primary school, like even on normal uniform days, people would come in wearing silver kameez. Yeah, that's crazy. But that's also because, like, not only did we grow up in a country where um, there's more like South Asians and and the culture is a lot like stronger, but we grew up specifically in an area like Longside, which is the last time I checked, this is the statistics were like seventy-two percent non-white, uh, primarily. At least, like it was like fifty-five percent South Asians. You know, the school that we went to, um, and this is another thing as well. Like these guys here, we can eat almost anywhere because most places are like halal, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, "That's halal, that's halal." Mm-hmm. Like my, <laughs> like um, Prithu oh, Nabila, <laughs> um, she she likes lamb, and she in the first week she was here, she ate lamb twice. And then she was like, why are you guys giving us such special food? Yeah. <laughs> We're like, it's not, because for them, it's such a rarity to be able to have like halal butchers or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in my primary school, all the all the, all the the lunchtime canteen food was halal because 98% of the, the school children you were know, Muslim. You know, they just started, <coughs> they just started providing halal food in um, the public schools for like my little brothers like uh, in the past couple years yeah no we've always we've like That's everyone crazy. eats halal mm-hmm. everyone eats halal um but so is it not coming to have it as an option in like restaurants or chain restaurants as well then no not no. really it's really rare they we give you an alternate them. option in chain restaurants well, for not you? alternate it's like nando's for example there's halal nando's, yeah. Yeah. like they the, i remember when they so they came for the first time to england in 2015 and that was the first time that they had a meat pizza yeah. yeah, I think it's like small businesses yeah. that like have like yeah. the halal stuff, and like we'd always go there. But like stuff like you guys have like halal like subways and like yeah. halal okay, stuff. Like we do not have that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I think because um, of that, you know, I was making a point and I've lost it. What was I saying? It's got distracted by food. I'm not yeah, it is. <laughs> what were we talking about before that? I was just saying basically how the the cultural how how we're a lot more rigid here. And because of that, or oh, Ohana asked basically, are you are you comfortable? And the answer was yeah. You mean like, yeah, sorry, <laughs> Nusra. Um, yeah, so we didn't just grow up in England. We grew up specifically in an area like Longside. So like my mom, she's been in this country for like 26, 27 years, and her English still isn't great. Like it's conversational. She can get about, and I think a big part of that was we only moved out of Longside like a decade ago and so for the first like decade and a half that she was in this country she just wasn't speaking English because there was no need for her to like the shops that she'd go to they were all like Pakistani or Bangladeshi or like Indian like everywhere your neighbours the people who run your shops the who like your local doctors your dentists everyone the markets everyone was speaking languages that you knew so there was never any need for her to speak so I think because of that like even more so we're very kind of like very rigid but to answer your question yeah like 
in our primary school we would we would wear like even on non-uniform days but then even when i was at man high like we had a non-uniform day and i went in like sewer kameez or like i wear kurta like on a, just a day-to-day basis like was that you to do with you though like did anyone else do that at man high no, I just wanted. To, uh, yeah, that was just my outfit. You, know, <laughs> you, you felt like comfortable enough to do yeah. that. Yeah. Like, but I suppose my point I'm making is that, like, I think someone like Longsight is is very specific. That's to probably like, why. Yeah. yeah, I don't think. I think although it's like it's really nice and cool that like obviously there are areas where um, kids feel comfortable enough to do that. I don't think it's maybe the norm per se. Yeah. Like, I think if you went somewhere like, I don't know, like. Wilmslow, Aldley Edge. I don't think you'd have. It's like, not the same as common, yeah. So, so it de- yeah. depends on what areas you're from, but but because most Asians do tend to live in in, yeah. in the similar areas in concentrations, like you know, we watch TikTok and like you know, we see when Roxana, she's always wearing some kameez. Like yeah. that's, there's there's loads of people that we know from the community who don't even wear Western clothes at all, like mm. because they're not allowed. Which kind of brings us to the next yeah. question well, uh, topic. Over the <laughs> yeah, Carlos is usually right? Segway King, which yeah. does bring us up to the next topic about how it's a good thing to be able to perform your culture like strong, but sometimes it's a little bit too strong and too rigid and it becomes imposing. Yeah, I feel like, you know, if I was here, I would have a lot of eyes on me. Whereas in New York City, like, it's such a small Bengali community that I kind of can get away with doing things that are not like culturally acceptable or something Mm -hmm. you know and so in that sense like I feel like I have some freedoms and you know my parents have it a little harsh where they don't get a call from like an auntie across the street saying hey I saw your daughter and she Mm. was like showing her ankles (laughs) so I think that like there's pros and cons to both like growing up yeah I had identity issues but at the same time it's like I can be I can now you know as now I'm like 27 years old I can do what I want and there's not many eyes on me yeah if I leave like the one town where in in Connecticut where there's like a pretty big or somewhat the biggest noticeable yeah yeah uh, concentration of bengali people i just leave that town there's just kind of like no concern for me to be seen if i'm just comfortable being myself Mm. um you know somewhere else with people that i like Mm. yeah Yeah, i definitely sorry you can go i was gonna say i definitely think it's way stricter and over here and i think it's because like you guys have so many like family members and the community is so like strong here but like for us like we don't my closest family member is Prito and she's like two and a half hours away from me so like we don't really like we can I think we have more like freedom and like like we're able to do like whatever yeah I think here as well like everyone's in each other's businesses like I remember this one time one of my family members from England was like talking about the way she was dressing and like she lives on in my America. dad's side on my dad's side so these guys these, these are my mom's side of the family as yeah. in whilst you were in America yeah like, that was the first time she ever experienced anything like that like like yeah like they were like Orpo was telling me like oh they seen you do this I was like I was like wait my wait, mom knows somewhere. what I'm doing yeah. <laughs> like for us it's like yeah. it's normal like people are always watching us for them like it was just yeah and, I, I, and yeah. And yeah and I, I even talked to my mom about it. I was like oh like in England they're saying this and this about me she was just like oh just block them and yeah. I was like that's really, that's a really good idea <laughs> my mom my mom even says to me like make sure you've got like family members blocked on social media she's like not because you're doing anything wrong or like 
anything like that just because the, people talk and like it's, it's especially places like Longside where it's like it's the, the whole community people don't tend to leave they don't their whole lives are just revolved around this community they don't have a sense of like the outside world right the, the, and because of that they become so small minded and everything is, is, is up for like scrutiny because they've got no they've got no lives it's basically creating their own soap yeah. opera pretty but much that's what it like. is because they've got no sense of like actually there's bigger fish to fry in the world because they're not in touch with the world like that it's just them and their community and because of that they're so like they're so small minded they are very very judgmental they're always finding things to comment on and, and to pick on and etc and etc and I think especially on women like they like oh, scrutinize the women oh, way 100. more yeah. no, 100 100 have I ever like, apart from maybe questioning like guys a bit like oh when are you going to get married but even then it's like it's not like um, no it's not pressure woman, yeah. but I've never oh seen anyone be like oh I saw the son going out and doing this like yeah. I've never heard of that happening ever I like, think that's also why like in America like say with like mental health and stuff it's not as obvious in America because no one's watching you like, like that like here you don't have the freedom to be yourself so like mentally you become you have more problems you have more problems yeah mm. whereas you have the freedom in America to like be yourself and like no one's watching you so you're more like mm-hmm. you're just okay that's actually true yeah. the way that that could actually make people like depressed to yeah. having, having that, that level of scrutiny because mm-hmm. it's normal here like I, like I remember, I was telling you about like certain mental health issues, and you were like, "Oh, like people don't have that in America." Well, they obviously do. I'm not saying they don't, but it's not as it's, it's not, not as many problem. people. It's not as yeah. an endemic as, as here. As it's like, oh, this person has this. This person. It's like, oh, it's normal. Like it's kind of become a normal thing now. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, I suppose it's, we have kind of covered like positives and negatives there. <coughs> obviously, it's really nice to have like a sense of community in that, but then when you've got like all the constantly praying eyes and stuff it is a bit like is it's it also, actually worth it also like um, the religious expressions as well like so in the because because the, the, the way these people like justify their like harsh judgment is through religion they'd be like oh that's not congruent with islam and whatever else so the religious expressions are also very very different like south asians generally like so i don't know carlos like if you know this but south asians generally have a reputation within the entire global ummah of being like the most militant in islam like being very ott with islam being very strict very rigid mm-hmm. like like my non-south asian muslim friends will be like you lot are like you're crazy like you're mm-hmm. actually crazy like you're you guys are extremists <laughs> like i suppose i'm not i'm not surprised by that given like what i feel for example like nigerian muslims seem to seem a bit more chill then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all all time, and it's mad as well. You know what's you know what's actually mad? Like Bangladeshi Muslims in the motherland, they're so much more lax oh than Muslims God. here. Yeah, like so true. it's and you know what it is? It's because the reason why that is is because when you're an ethnic minority and like a religious minority in in a country like Britain, you become so afraid of like losing your identity that you become like you then start to overcompensate and then you start to overperform and you you can yeah. start clinging onto it too rough and it's also because like they our parents left Bangladesh in the 70s 80s 90s and they brought you know 70s 80s 90s Bangladeshi culture with them here and they've stayed there they yeah. haven't seen how Bangladesh has like progressed and how Bangladeshi society has progressed since the 70s 80s 90s and they're still very much stuck in that in that mind place yeah. you know yeah you yeah, know definitely that 
on the stove. Well, okay, I thought it was a prank. No, no. If you if there's like if you actually like like to drink tea and you like to go out and buy tea, then you got a kettle. But nobody just naturally has a tea kettle. That's yeah, yeah. yeah, they might have a, a coffee maker. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know what a kettle was until I came in 2015, and then we got a kettle. I knew yeah. what a kettle was only because we had an old one when I was little. But then we didn't have one anymore because it was like you know. But my parents when they make tea, they just heat up the tea in a pot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, but to be fair, if you're making like chai, chai yeah, that's yeah. Like, yeah, but actual, I like you're getting making like a green tea, you know. Yeah. We like, like an English breakfast. No, the tea. only tea we drink is our is our black tea chai, you know. Yeah. No, but I've seen like cursed TikToks where it's like literally they'll put like milk in, yeah. put it in the microwave, That's put scary. the tea bag in. Like one pot milk, like, innit? Uh, so no. one pot tea, mad. Yeah, not a fan, but I'm glad to see that you guys are not doing that. <laughs> you have taste. Right. Apparently berries are better here. Do we do we think that? I think fruit is better here. I think in America it's very processed. You can tell it's fake. I think because the FDA regulations are not amazing, and you know it's all about making a lot of the product and selling a lot Mm. of product, and not making delicious sweet fruits. Mm. She knows. Mm -hmm. That's a very good answer. Thank you. We have to buy it organic. Next one, um, I'm gonna wait. Do you know what? While we're on that, do you know the price of their like fresh produce? Oh Oh my god, we went to Tesco the other day, and you know, baby spinach is 90p. She was like, This is 90p, we paid three dollars for the same thing. Yeah, (laughs) the cheapest we get in Connecticut is maybe like 1.99, and that's not even organic. Yeah, 3.99 for blueberries, this much. Oh my god. Mm-mm. Not about that. <laughs> Especially if you go somewhere like Lidl or Aldi. Yeah. Like so cheap. It's so cheap yeah. and it's like good. Yeah. Right, the next one, I'm going to change slightly because obviously we're not drinkers here, but there was pubs. So I feel like you don't frequent pubs so often. So let's change it. So like, you know, like how here we have a little space like Archie's and stuff that like um, young British Fast Muslims food. can kind of, but like, you know what, they can go like dessert shops oh. and stuff where they can just go and chill sort of thing. Do you guys have that? Like, it's sort of like somewhere where... For us, because South Asians, like Muslims, we don't have, like, we don't drink. We, what they tend to do is they have, like, late night, like, dessert shops or, like, it's mostly, like, shisha lounges. Um, shisha lounges, like, chicken shops, dessert shops. That all that's, that's our, like, chill spot. We have a lot of hookah lounges. <laughs> I think, so I think your guys' desserts are better, but mm-hmm. our chill spots are better. Yeah. Like, yeah, back yeah, to your pub that. question. <laughs> um, the clubs in New York, sorry, but are so much better better than I, I wouldn't even step foot in England sorry <laughs> I mean, I yeah. they have like so they're like so we have shisha lounges and stuff there's like turns into clubs at night but like mm-hmm. it's mostly like that mostly yeah and like also that, you don't like. need to drink like but to be fair we do have that we, you know what we've just never been I've never taken you guys on like a night out or anything I don't think why. I would like it though because really? like for you know, us you know what you would like you would like the ethnic clubs like where they play like R&B hip hop music you would like those clubs I would like that we but I would, like, I would prefer on, New yeah. York because in New York it's like it's just lit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <I'm sorry. Right. laughs> right. Okay, guys, I tried. <laughs> what do we think about fish and chips? Do you rate it or have you had it really? yet? Yeah, we had it like back in 2015. Okay. I didn't have it yet here, but delicious, 10 out of 10, I would say mm. here. Is that? Do you just not have it over there? We just don't. When have you say it. fish and chips, do you just mean that that battered fish? Yeah. Yeah, but it's like kind of like specific kind of chips, like chunky, like, like chips. salt and vinegar. Just like. call those wedges. 
no, 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 wait. no like, different. You know what? We'll get you some sis because this is her first time in the UK. Okay. So she's not had them yet. I'm a big fan of fish and chips. Oh, you kind of slate it, but I don't really eat fish. Guys, what about food though, in general? Uh, I like American food, like because yeah. there's so much diverse and so much. There's just I like both. I think we. I like both. I think Pritu just. I haven't had anything yet. Like, she's very picky and you're not really a fan of, like, Middle Eastern food or, like, Beng like too much Bengali think, food. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, because I'm eating tokhari at home all the time. Yeah. I don't want to eat it outside. Pritu's like we, me. She's a creature yeah. of habit. But we also do have, like, a lot of East Asian places and stuff. We just haven't been yet. But, like, we do have... Like, if you go into I just like, of, like I just like East having Asian. options. I love yeah. having large amounts of options because I have whims. I don't think I'm picky. I think I have whims because sometimes I'll be in the mood and sometimes I won't. Mm, yeah. Um... But I, I think, think sorry, no, I keep interrupting you. you I think first. the quality is good in both, but like Pritu said, like if I'm craving like spicy noodles, I can literally get out of my apartment and go to any store yeah. and get the I spicy like how noodles. It's just and right like, there. Yeah, like anything. Like there's a grocery store up, um, outside my apartment, Mexican food, Spanish food, like Dominican food, Bengali food, everything is there. So like I would say. What, in one store? In one store, yeah. That's where I got your Mexican candy. They also oh, have like, yeah. they literally have like, like Bengali. Bengali sal, like right yeah. next to it. Like there's it's places everything. like that, but they're in like city centers. So like yeah. in Manchester city center, and in London is more like that because mm -hmm. it's like the capital, I guess. So that's yeah. probably why I don't like living in Connecticut very much because the diversity and like the mm. food and the the like extracurricular whatever like entertainment everything. It, the diversity is just not that big, and mm. I like how convenient things are in New York. There's a majority of America, by the way, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine, mine, in New York City. Yeah, New York's special. Mm. <laughs> what about humor? Because I think British humor is very, <laughs> like, specific. <laughs> so... I think New Yorkers have a particular, like... I think we have, like, a joke. dumb funny. Like, we're, like, dumb, but British is, like, smart funny. Witty. Witty. Yeah. True. So I think both are funny. Yeah. I think in British, I mean British, in England, I can like, it's like more like silly jokes for me yeah, that yeah. I think are, are funnier. Yeah. But like yeah. in New York, I can't really laugh at like Bengali jokes because oh, it's yeah. just... He's going to laugh with you. Yeah. Well, you know, like the madness that I see on your Insta stories, yeah. is that like common amongst you all or is that just your... Is that your British side coming out, or is that like, do you know what I mean? Like, will these like go? Mad, yeah, that's like, what no, that's madness. what they're like as well. Yeah. But with us, like back home, they don't have people really to be like that with. Mm. But like when we're here, like when they're here with us, or when we're all in like Bangladesh with our family in Bangladesh, then it's very much like, like my mom's side of the family are hilarious. My mom and her siblings, they're <laughs> all so hilarious. Funny. Like they're always like cracking up, and even us together, like me and me and Badamubu, like we're sharing a room at the minute. We couldn't sleep the other night because like <laughs> these two oh. were just like they were literally dying of laughter for like one hour straight with my other sister so it is very much like that but I think that side maybe comes out more like when we're together when we're in Bangladesh like yeah. maybe in New York you guys don't have yeah if anything mm. I feel that way with when I'm in Connecticut with Pritu yeah. but when I'm back in New York it's just yeah because yeah. yeah. it's your people in it that's yeah. what it is for sure what about in general like in pop culture like TV music do you think that it's better oh. yeah. America 
America. Oh, and I've been listening to a lot more. Well, she's starting to listen to a lot more. Yeah, girl. like she'll pop up a, a selfie of herself and she'll be like, "What British song shall I put on here?" <laughs> yeah, but um, overall, I think America. Yeah. Yeah, I think I suppose it makes sense. Like it's a bit more, it's bigger, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a more like, dominant culture. Yeah. 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 What about the fact that you guys don't get very much leave, do you? Well, you only yeah. get two weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I hate that. Like, I only get like two weeks worth of paid time off, and it's like clocked. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll be like, "Oh, you know, we need you here on this day." Like, so not not. But actually, I do have friends that have unlimited paid time off, but that's also a con because you don't want to take your time off, like because of what like the company will say or whatever mm. so yeah i literally quit my job before coming here because yeah. i would not because i already used up like we have so basically i had 10 paid vacation days and I, I already used it hasn't for a year i have and i already used up like seven <laughs> so i was like i'm not gonna be able to come here in three days yeah. so i quit my job and i came here was it worth it it was 100 percent worth it <laughs> <laughs> That's a life lesson, guys. If you're not happy, leave. Yeah. My queen, my my, my sister's the queen of that. (laughs) (laughs) One time she had like, well, what's what was your record? Was that nine jobs in one year? Yeah, I can't know. Oh my god, do you do that too? I just quit. If I don't like it, then I don't. I do that. Yeah. Like on the first day, even on the day, if I'm not enjoying work and I know I can't leave, I'll make something up. Like she's in a coma. Do you know how many times she's killed me off? Something It's crazy. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't like working. I don't, yeah, don't like either. working. It's not that I don't like working. I don't like working. I don't like people telling me what to do. Yeah, me too. Me too. I yeah, can't handle it. No idea. I can't <laughs> handle that. Oh my yeah. god. Mm-mm. What about um, you guys? Don't have to wear school uniform. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Well, actually, my sister and I we went to the same high school. We did have uniform. Okay. Yeah, White collar shirt, black bit. pants. She had uniform for a bit. We did have uniform. But the thing is, when my school had a uniform. Um, we were just we were just so rebelling against it that they just gave up. Uh, it was so ugly. Yeah. Why would they make us wear khakis and polos? Those I think. But also, it's not branded. It it's not branded uniform either. Yeah. No. So like theirs is what just want. white shirt, black pants. Yeah. Whereas ours I, is like the school. Yeah. You know, school logo, school tie colors, all of those. I think they need it though, because you guys have a lot of like intruders and like shootings and stuff. Yeah. So you need that like. Good point. Oh, oh. Great point. Yeah. Great. 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 Cares about our safety. And you know what? it was kind of like identification for us too because we had it was like a five school campus and ours was like at the top floor and we had like metal detectors and everything so that's wow. like a lot of schools in New York City I guess they have metal, metal detectors metal. in New York City mm-hmm. you well go our through, campus like, was really bad oh yeah. Uh, cool. Well, yeah. I mean, I suppose that's one obvious like benefit of here. To tw- Good laws. Like, yeah. <laughs> Why do you think that's yeah. better? And healthcare, free healthcare. Oh yeah, we, we talk about that. this all the time. Yeah. I do. I tell them if there's one good thing about the UK, healthcare. it's the NHS. And I agree. It's and hard. they are absolutely ramming it to the ground mm-hmm. at the moment. The dirty Tories, yeah. but. In, her, in my so opinion, much, it's so much opinion. better here than when I broke my ankle and um, at this roller rink, and um, the roller rink guy was like, "You want me to call an ambulance?" I was like, "No," because it's a thousand expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and then my friends drove me around looking for an urgent care that was open, but it was past at 8 p.m., so they were all closed. Oh so gosh. then I just went to my apartment and went and I went to bed. Oh Chip my gosh. Like it didn't happen. <laughs> no, I mean even right now, like 
uh, like <laughs> no healthcare. Like I need to get on that. Health yeah, you insurance. don't have insurance because when you're 26, you're off your parents, and now you're stranded and you have to pay for the medical bills or whatever on your own. But even if I were to get on health insurance, it's like based on my income, which is like median pay, um, $300, $400 you're looking at every month, month for, for health insurance. Yeah, no, it's not It's crazy. Well, rounding things off then, I think, <laughs> to give it positive, would either of you guys, so you've got people from Manchester, people from America, would you ever consider moving to the other place? Or not, in, not specifically Manchester, but you know what I mean. Would you ever consider moving here, or would you ever consider moving there? We literally spoke about this yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we were. I asked that question yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I think, yeah, like if I were to like try to escape America, I would definitely come to <laughs> England. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you that. I come to Manchester specifically. Oh, actually, I don't know. I, I like London. You guys don't have bugs. That's so nice. Well, oh, that's one thing oh, that, like... Oh, oh, yeah. oh, I mean, you never know. It's probably going to get mosquitoes in the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, that's nothing. Like, <laughs> that's nothing. Oh, that's nothing. water bugs. Yeah. Give me the mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I could, I could live in New York. Like, I could. But I think specifically New York. Like, I don't... I, I yeah, wouldn't live anywhere like else in America. I think Honestly, New York is its own country. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very like from when we went um, it is very div- it is like diverse and it is very metropolitan and it is very you know like a fast pace yeah, like I don't and if somebody calls me American I'm like I'm not American I'm from New York yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. that's what people say about London here bro and I'll, I'll <laughs> confirm that because I've been to like Florida, Texas, LA, like California, and like in Oakland, and all those areas, they're not anything like New York City because you need a car for those areas. But whereas when you step out of your apartment in New York City, the train is literally three minutes. It's like it's like London. It's very much like London, and that kind of that that sentiment as well. That where I will play. (laughs) And it's a melting pot. So many different people around. You could mix and match with anybody. My parents talk have a lot of. Well, my mom has a lot of like friends from different cultures too mm. like it's it's really nice to yeah see. i could live in new york i just but i would just prefer here and that for me for me it's literally just it's the community thing and it's the ease of life right like it's like things like food and and like clothes and ingredients and things like that i just i would just prefer it here would you move if it was guaranteed you got to become best friends with a new car in New York, I do like a new car, yeah. but I don't think I would. No, I don't think that selling. would do it for me. I don't think that would do it for he's me. He's listening right now. And Sorry, he's so Sorry, mate. <laughs> so Sorry, mate. Oh. I just don't. I just don't, America as a country just doesn't allure me that much. Like I'm very. You know how much I love to travel. I would go anywhere in the world. I just don't have that. Maybe because I've been already, but I don't know. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I feel like that's also something like... Oh, that, the travel thing. Yeah, yeah. like for us, like for when I go to Miami, like that's like a good like $500 for the tickets. But like you guys can go to like Spain for like 10 pounds. Oh like, my God, yeah. That's and sick. I think yeah and you guys you guys travel way more often than we do like I know some people in New York who hasn't even like left New York yeah it's quite common like people have never seen like the ocean or anything isn't yeah. it like, yeah cause Europe is so compact like we will travel like five hours and I don't even think is there a flight in Europe that takes five hours 
I don't think it is. Maybe like four hours to Turkey. That's what I mean. Like right, four hours, right. is, I think, is the longest flight to get you to the furthest point of Europe from here. Whereas they'll travel four hours and they'll probably still be in the same state, you know? Mm. Like, yeah. um, that is another. And, the, and like flight prices as well. Like it, flights here, which I mean, is pr- also kind of not a great thing. Like, I don't think air travel should be that accessible. But I am taking <laughs> advantage, not going to lie. Um, that is another thing as well. Like, we have such cheap flights. Yeah. When you can get them, but it's a bit. But, then it's, <laughs> but it's like also like trains just don't make. Well, if we were gonna go on a tangent, I'm gonna stop myself before I start going into like. Basically, what he's saying is renationalize our airways. In our opinion. <laughs> in our opinion. <laughs> yeah, rounding <laughs> things off. Thanks, guys, so much for um, coming in today. It's Thanks, been a pleasure. Family. So Thank much for having us. Welcome, yeah. family. I like having lots of people. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll get, maybe, you know how my family's so big, maybe every week I'll just bring four of them in at a time. <laughs> that would give us like three years worth of content. Yeah, go for it. This is our first international guest in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Words of Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide. Oh, we saw a cut out of him in someone's window yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly where you saw that as well. Mm. <laughs> kind of weird. It's been there for time. Yeah, it's a little bit, bit strange. Right, well, stick around, guys, because we are about to hit play on our interview with DJ Gills and his new track, Aspire. Make an uh, featuring Robin Betty as well. And also, they've got a music video dropping today, 3 p.m., so it will have dropped 45 minutes ago. Make sure you go check that out. But yeah, if I can find it. There we go. Cool. Right. Well, thanks a lot, guys, again. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Yes, guys, what's Bye. good? You tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio, South Asian show. My name's Gerns, and I'm joined here by DJ Gills. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are yourself? Good, yeah. Um, it's nice. Normally, I do like interviews in the... Um, evening so it's nice to do one that's actually like yeah light outside and stuff for the people out there do you mind just letting us know a little bit about yourself about your music that sort of thing so um i am a dj music producer from the west midlands so music wise i started very young so i was about eight or nine kind of first interaction with music um and my cousin actually when we used to have a shop up in Doncaster, um, he used to have like, the big vinyl DJ deck, so I used to play on that. Obviously, being eight is probably just an absolute mess of a mangle of music. So I did that, so I had a bit of inkling with my music line there. And then I actually got into playing the piano as well, about 10, 11. So I've played that for about 10 years now. I'm doing all my grades and all that sort of stuff. Then literally went to university, left my music stuff on the side, didn't really go into it a lot. Came to uni um, and then obviously just picked up the DJ in the game, went to some house parties, um, got to some bars, some clubs, and then eventually just started going more and more and more. So I remember my first interaction with DJing was at a bar literally across the road from where I used to live. Then from there, it moved on to the big clubs in Leicester, which is where I went to uni. Then from there, I just when I started supporting the artists, such as like Steel Bangles, M. Huncho, um, Mist. Uh, what else have we done? Um, D-Block Europe, and then obviously the team we worked with, which is um, Student Grand Media Board, we actually were the ones who brought Tory Lanes to Birmingham in Prism. We've done Drake when he came to Leicester about three years ago as well. And then our biggest one to date is, um, it was in November time when we brought AP Dillo, Gorinda Gill, all them guys to the after party in Leicester as well. So like, big on, the, on that scene. And then I thought, you know what? Let me just try and get into music, see how it is. 
and literally start making beats and go up and coming artists because I feel like working with up and coming people like myself as well with my debut single, I thought it's the best way to get that kind of, you know, platform for everyone. So literally started doing that and then then here we are today with the debut single getting released. Sweet, yeah, no, honestly, I didn't realise that you'd worked with such big names before, so props to you for all of them. It wasn't just like dropping in like Drake or AP Dillon, it was literally like a full-on list. So yeah. obviously nice that you've got that under your belt at such a young age as well. Um, so, I mean, you briefly touched on it, but what was the reason then for you deciding, okay, I've like done a lot of DJing and now want to venture into more of the actual making music side of things. Like what was the reason for that switch? So mainly I feel like it's a very niche market. Like for example with Punjabi music, there's obviously a lot of content coming out, especially in Canada at the minute and in Punjab. But I felt like I want to be just that little bit different. So I thought, you know what, I'm a DJ, I've got that going on. Let me dabble in a bit of music producing, obviously with the piano side of things, I kind of know, can read sheet music and I've got my ear tuned. So literally just got into that, started making a few beats. Um, and like literally probably on my computer, I've got easily hundreds from R&B to drill to Punjabi folk music. And literally just thought, you know what? There's no harm in trying to let me see what it's like. Um, and just this should just go out there and just just go for it, to be honest with you. More, and to be honest, it's more of a passion thing as well from me doing my music sort of stuff because obviously my degree at uni was completely different to this. So what was your degree? So I did a degree in media actually. So media production, so it's more of documentary making, television, all that kind of stuff. So it kind of links in with the music for that creative side of things. But obviously at the end of the day, my passion was still music. So that's why I wanted to get into that music music side to, to be honest with you. So obviously you just said about hundreds of beats so yeah. what was it about this one for aspire that led to you thinking this is what's going to be my debut single this is what's going to put me on the map sort of thing like how did that come about so literally it was a last minute project like out of the woodwork so i was actually working on another project with um, an artist called jaswinder Nagamia. i think they know about him um i think his last uh, like his big big single which i recognized him from was with the dark mc must have been couple years back um so i was actually working with them we still got the project still working on that now and then my media computer work with um shout out to major media he actually got me in touch with one of his canadian artists who he's worked with prior in the past give hit him up in the dm started messaging sending sent him some beats um and obviously i know summer's obviously out and i'm like i want a summer anthem because for this year I did, there's been a few ones like um out there for your summer driving in your cars, etc. You're having a house party, and you've got that type of vibe. And I thought, you know, what? I want to make a summer beat. Sent him the the track over to him. In about an hour, he literally laid some vocals down, um, sent it over to me, and I was like, you know what? I think I feel like I've got something here. So I left the just window track to the side, focused on this one, and literally been about two, three months, and it's been non-stop. Got the vocals done, then got the video shot in Canada, um, and then literally just fast process, and it just came out of out of that basically just one of them ones where it's like the way i see it is when it's gone so fast you obviously can perfect and whatnot but it just felt so naturally in the flow how it's all happened and whatnot so literally that is that is why and how it's literally come about for this one nice yeah so did i hear you say you got a video coming for it as well then yeah so the video we shot in in canada 
and that same same day on this Friday going to be released on Softsy Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and then the video is going to be dropped on YouTube as well. So we've gone for the full visual side of things, which obviously, like I said before, um, with major media, he's literally all of my stuff for visuals wise he's all organizing all that he's doing it so we've got our like our little team so literally it's like a canadian uk link up um sort of thing going on nice and like how would you describe like because we're going to play it in a second but how would you describe like the sound of it to people so the best way to describe it for the way i think about it anyway is definitely you've got your punjabi lyrics um and then you've got your Western Californian West Coast type of vibe. So it's literally just a fusion of two different things, putting them together and creating that summer anthem ride. Like for me, if I'm listening to that sort of song, it'll be the sun's out, I've got a convertible, my windows are down, driving, literally on the long country road, just blasting out, having that nice summer, that summer vibe is, that's definitely the word to describe, it's just summer vibes is to be, that's it. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I think it's like a sort of synth that I heard in the background, like I definitely got that like West Coast vibe from yeah, it, definitely. Yeah, West Coast, that Snoop Dogg type of like, vibe going on yeah sweet um i mean you've again you've slightly touched on it but what was it like working with robin on the track as well like your first single you obviously want that connection to be um a good one like and i'm presuming it was because it's delivered a good track so like what was it like collaborating with them on this so literally um sent the dm to him and obviously responded talked to him and for me i feel like when you're working with an artist you need to have that kind of vibe because if you don't vibe with that personal jowl you're not bouncing off ideas i don't think it's gonna work and literally just felt like so natural such an easy guy to talk to i know he's released a few tracks in the past before as well so he's got that knowledge of um how to make a track etc and i know obviously when i send him a whole load of beats over i sent him at least maybe like three or four beat packs and from there he's literally in about four or five songs so i've like got a couple more songs come up and coming with him which will probably be released in the near future but literally i think his his vocals and his lyrics which are done and the way he delivers it just matches perfectly to what the beat is which is produced so it's like a fusion mountain part which literally comes together like like a jigsaw essentially the two pieces just fit together ever so nicely yeah no definitely i mean it sounds like it on the track as well it sounds very smooth very well put together so definitely got that same vision there so obviously it's dropping this friday which when we're speaking now it'll be as it's out there now um but i believe tonight you've got something going on right a launch party yeah obviously the big single for you know what let's just go all out let's do a whole launch party so the launch party is actually getting done by urban desi events we do a whole range of events all in london um, the last one I actually did with them was a boat party. So he, we got out of boat, took it down the River Thames, playing all for like a couple of hours on there. Then obviously we had the after party. So got into contact with him. Their team was organizing all of that. And actually on the night, we've got artists coming down as well. So we've got the likes of Juggy D's coming down to perform and support. We've got Arjun coming down to support, JK down to support and DJ Harps. So that's, our, that's obviously tonight at Steelyard in London. Um, 11 to 6 is going to be a full on full on party there um, obviously you can still get your tickets out there now but hopefully I see everyone everyone there partying and enjoying enjoying the just the vibe of the, of the night to be honest yeah yeah those are some like big names again as well to have like at your debut single like launch party effectively as well so like hopefully yeah. 
obviously them and everyone else that if you could work with one i'd say mainstream desi artist which one would you pick oh see that is that is such a hard question to be honest with you because i feel like everyone is so unique in their different ways of doing it like the best to describe it is shub for example who's in canada smashing it up on that that gritty gritty beat which i think is so amazing then you have AP Dillow's team, Gorinda Gill, Shinda Kalons, they're doing their R&B slash um, 80s pop type of vibe. And then you've got, got an Orgela with the likes of the more your gangster type of vibe with the folkness. So it's honestly, I can't lay my finger on it. Because even like JK, it's that folk sound, amazing thing to work with. Arjun is your urban desi. So I, it's a very hard thing. I feel, feel like it's got to be the ones where if I have a song or a beat, then I'll be able to be like, okay, which artist I would feel like to do that. So if I can say every single one, <laughs> that's probably the only answer I can I can kind of give you because I feel like everyone's obviously got their unique touches and is amazing in their own little way. Now that's cool as well because obviously it sounds like you're not wanting to necessarily be tied down to one sound. Like you want to be able to think, okay, this kind of vibe works with this artist, this works with this artist, which I think is nice as well because it means that you don't sound repetitive in a way because i think that's a danger if you're constantly churning out the same sort of vibe yeah i don't know i can't i can't i can't literally if i have a beat and a song i have a vision in my head being like okay i know what type of singer i want um to work with but i think like I said, there's so many out there which are just so amazing um it's just very hard to to choose to be honest with you yeah probably rounding things off now um what's your plans obviously you've got the launch party tonight on a boat literally what better way to kick it off but what's the plan for the rest of summer and also 2022 and beyond so literally for the summer got the song come got the song out and then i'm actually going to be going over to canada for a little bit um got some projects working on over there so be there for a bit and then come back figured out which projects I'm going to be launching like I feel like the next one will probably be about not going to put a date on it but I feel like towards the end of this year I'm going to drop my next single after this one and then obviously the DJ and stuff's going on so when September comes everyone's going back to uni all the freshers so I'll be doing like all the Leicester freshers the Birmingham Coventry London just going all about um, for that as well so it's literally have my little holiday my little break my projects and then back back into the grind of things basically back into into the music side but like i said before that just when they got me a track just be prepared because that might be out soon as well so we've got to wait and see basically but music's just going to be up and coming 2022 2023 that's the that's the entire plan of it nice well all the best for all of that and if people want to like follow you on your journey and keep up with your latest releases um events that sort of thing where can they follow you so best place to follow me instagram at dj gills tiktok dj gills um twitter dj gills so all my handles is that um you'll be able to able to find find me on basically and then youtube same thing will be at re for this project is at remit records where you find all the visuals for for the song and whatnot nice